Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Robert Yeager and the Tao Foundation. Hello, I'm Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Plum. Welcome to Seasons. The last Thursday of every month, we'll be taking your calls live. How exciting is that? It's so fun. And the best part about it is I'm getting a live microphone, Marisol. You know how excited that makes me? (laughs) I do know, actually. (laughs) It's a little bit ridiculous. Today, we're answering any of your summer cooking questions you might have with the help of our my good friend and Food Network celebrity chef, Michelle Regassas. Michelle was a runner-up on Food Network Star Season 8, and she's a frequent judge on Food Network's Beat Bobby Flay. She's also been a competitor on the show. Competitor. Mm-hmm. Like I get that T in there. It's competitor. You're, you're, you're going against someone. Yeah. And she beat her mentor in a pastizio cook-off, myself. I love it. I have met Michelle, and I'm so excited that she's, she's our first guest for our first live show. So really, really exciting. We're going to have her here in part to talk about summer food, grilling, farm fresh veggies, no-cook recipe ideas. So... Those of you listening at home, in your car, what questions do you have? Do you have a great recipe to share? Please call us. Our number is 888-720-9677. But before we get to callers, we got to meet our guest. Our guest is one of my favorite people in the entire world. I've been lucky enough to become close personal friends with her. Uh, She literally uh, makes me a better cook every time we work together. Uh, Michelle Regassas, welcome to the program. Uh, We're so excited to have you here with us, talking to us, and, you know, talking professionally. Yeah, you guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. I was stoked when we started talking about having guests on the show and doing our first guest. And I told Marisol, I was like, immediately, we have to have Michelle on, didn't I? Yes, you did. He's not lying, Michelle. And I just want to, in full transparency, this is a live show and there is a storm ripping through portions of the Northeast. Michelle, uh, you are where right now in your house? So <laughs> I'm sitting under my desk in my office because plum it's not funny because i just got a warning on my phone that it says severe tornado in this area take shelter now in a basement or interior room in the lowest floor so i am just sitting on the floor under my desk well we we want you to be safe so we appreciate that you are multitasking talking to us and seeking shelter but like plum said uh, you actually beat Bobby Flay, and we have a clip of this. Let's take a listen. Oh, all right. I want to beat Bobby so bad, it's stupid. He's my mentor, so I do want him to be like, wow, my girl just beat me, and be proud. Well, clearly this was close because it was not unanimous. And the winner is... Chef... Michelle! Michelle, how does it feel to be Bobby? Feels fantastic. I mean, are you proud? Very proud. Yes! Of course. I love him! I chose Michelle's dish because there's just intense gustatory satisfaction. Gustatory. I was thrilled. 
thrilled, thrilled from the shelf. I'm one and I was a judge. Isn't that crazy? Wow, you know, that's how I roll. I'm Michelle Regusis, and I just beat Bobby Flay. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. Hooray. How about that word? Gustatory. Gustatory, pertaining to taste. I think it's interesting to talk about this, Michelle, just so people fully understand. We talk about beating your mentor. You were on Food Network Season 8, uh, Foods Network Star Season 8. There was you know, mentors for each group, and, and Bobby Flay was yours, and you guys got really close. You became buddies after that. Yeah. Uh, he just, you know, for some reason, we just connected right away. I was actually the last person to try out that day, the initial day of tryouts. And uh, we had to walk in, and he, like, threw me an egg. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? He's like, you make me something, an egg dish, and you have 12 minutes to do it. Oh, my gosh. While, of course, talking to him and cameras in your face. And he was just like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I'm going to win. Well, we're going to win together. <laughs> and next thing you know it, we're just talking. Nine minutes goes by. I hand him a dish. And he's like, you just made me that in nine minutes. I was like, all right. Well, I hope you like it. And I made him a... Let me see if I an egg Benedict with a tribe hollandaise and crispy prosciutto in nine minutes. Wow! Yeah, it was crazy. I don't know what happened. I don't know. Some, the, the angel cook came over me, <laughs> and then next thing I know, he was like, "Leave me with uh, a last word," and I'm like, "I'm gonna win this. We're gonna win together." And he was like, "Well, get ready, and because you're on my team." And I, so I was the last one going in, first one picked. So great. That's such a great story. And then. You know, if you watch that episode of Beat Bobby Flay, which you judge all the time, when you came out as, as you know, one of the competitors, I mean, you could definitely see in his eyes, he was like, uh-oh, this is going to be a big problem. <laughs> uh-oh. And my favorite well, you know, thing about it is, I mean, you, you go through the first round, you get to the second round where you're going against Bobby, and what's the dish that you pick to go, to, go against him with? Pasticcio. Tell everybody what that is. Okay, so pasticcio is a Greek casserole. It's almost, uh, if you could compare it to lasagna, except it uses noodles. So the bottom of it is like a meat sauce, almost like a bolognese kind of sauce. And then you layer pasta. And then the difference is you make a, a nice thick bechamel using egg yolks. And so it, it kind of rises. And then there's cinnamon and nutmeg and all these warm spices in there. And um, when I went on, it's funny, he literally kind of looked at me and went, pasticcio, why? And then he went, oh shoot, you're Greek. <laughs> and so when I was on the team, I was just the New England seafood girl. Like, that's how I got labeled yeah. in this whole world, because I'm a New Englander and I love seafood, but little did he know, I mean, come on, I'm, I'm a Greek Italian. Mm -hmm. I make pasta and I make that, you know, heartwarming food or soul food that I like to call it. So I think he knew he was in trouble right then and there. And so you love pasticcio so much, you have a tattoo of it on your right leg, <laughs> your left leg? I have my left leg Marisol, and so my parents both passed away, and um, my dad, it was his favorite dish, and it was mine, and every time as, like, an older adult, uh, when I would come home to visit my mom, she would always go, what do you want to eat? And it was always stuffed artichokes and pastizia. Mm. Those are always just go-to, like, that makes me feel good. So I thought, what better way to pay a little tribute to my parents than get pastizio written in Greek. So cool. I so love cool. it. And it's the actual recipe that you beat Bobby Flay with is tattooed on your leg, right? Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I can't even read it. So Unbelievable. Let's hope it really You know, I like to hope it is. I mean, I can't read it. It's in Greek. So, you know, I had a Greek <laughs> do it for me. <laughs> Michelle, talk to, talk to us a little bit about what it's like to be on a food competition show. Because as a viewer... You know, you're just watching it. We see you sweat. We see you grab any number of knives. And 
But I have to believe that the pressure is immense when you're up against the clock, when there's cameras all around you. You know, what is it like? Are there breaks? Do people give you water? Is there cheating involved? Like, give us, pull back the curtain and tell us what goes on in these food competitions. Um, So, you know, I think every show is different, but the majority of it is, no, there are no breaks. Um, Food Network Star was a little bit different because it was, so long and so many weeks and that the hours of the day were crazy. Um, but if you were to take a chopped or 24 hour restaurant battle or grocery games, all those, there really is no break. I mean, it's like you go in, you find out what your food is. You're nervous. You're always kind of nervous. Um, you just have this thing in your stomach and we chefs are super competitive. So you want to win. It's number one in your brain. How am I going to win this show mm-hmm. or this competition? And the nerves after about the first five minutes start, you're you're in game mode. You're just like, it's go time. And you don't care what is around you. If you can't find the knife, you'll like rip a butter knife off the wall and make it work. <laughs> Somehow we do these things. I, I did that on my first television show ever, ever was Chopped. And I literally couldn't find a knife to bone no. this fish. I couldn't find it. It was just nowhere. And I ripped a butter knife out of the wall that was behind me to have these knives on the set. And I didn't care. And they called me out for butchering this fish. But you know what? I, I'm going to do the whatever job I done. do to win. Yeah. And I didn't. <laughs> but at least I didn't go out first round. So, and then after that show, I was like, that's it. I'm, not. and you know, it gets your feet wet for doing these shows after now it's probably my 15th competing show. So, at this point, I'm not nervous anymore, which is kind of fun. Now I just try and, like, enjoy the journey of it and win. <laughs> I love that. You know, for a show specifically like Chopped, I've always wondered, as a competitor there, and you're also a, a trained chef, do you study? Like, do you say, okay, I'm going to open up that picnic basket, and there may be something like green Skittles in there, and I've got to figure out what I'm going to do. Like, do you study? How do you prepare for something like that? No, so actually you don't. It's funny asking this question because the first time I ever did Chopped, I was praying for one thing not to happen, and of course it happened. And my <laughs> prayer was, please don't let me open this basket and go blank. I'm in a restaurant every day of my life, cooking with different ingredients every day. But when you open that basket and you're like, uh, what do I do with this? And yeah. I think my first basket was watermelon, knockwurst, sweet potato, and I don't remember the other thing, but like I made a sweet potato hash with a watermelon salad. Like, what are you going to do? It's pretty, it kind of comes to you basic, but I did run around going, my strategy because I went blank was I'm just going to grab everything I see that I like and, and think about it as and I'm running together. back to the table and come up with a game plan at that moment. Even though you look like you know what you're doing, a lot of us don't really know what we're doing until we get back and just start cutting things and it kind of flows in. You make it look very easy if you're just joining us for our live episode of Seasoned. We are speaking live with Chef Michelle Regussis. Call us if you have any questions for her or for Plum or for me. The number is 888-720-9677. So you went blank, unfortunately. So what what did you end up doing with all that after you ripped the butter knife off the wall? Okay, and I get the first round and I'm like awesome and this is where you go blank and you're like no way and you think about the restaurant thing so my next basket was Triscuits Triscuits which is yep Triscuits skate English cucumber and oh prunes prunes. that's an easy one that's an easy one okay listen and guess what was on the menu at 
my restaurant. Skate. Come on. Of course it was. A New England so restaurant. It wasn't the problem. <laughs> yeah, there was no problem with the skate, and there was no problem with the cucumber. I had it all planned out. It was the prunes. What was I going to do? So, of course, I pulled this butter knife to butcher my fish. I got to fillet this fish. <laughs> and uh, so then I'm like, what am I going to do with the prunes? I'm going to make a cucumber salad to go on top, but I have to do something with the prunes. I'm going to take Triscuits, and I'm, of course, going to bread the fish and pan fry the skate. And then it was the uh, prunes that got me. So I ran by lentils. So I lost on something that wasn't even in my basket. And I grabbed lentils. And I go, oh, I'm going to do a caramelized onion, prunes, and lentils. That would be really nice with a really bright um, cucumber salad and this, like, pan-fried, crusted fish. Delicious. I'm going to win this thing. And then as I'm pouring in the lentils, I'm like, you're so screwed. You are not cooking lentils in 25 minutes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, of course, you you have to kind of follow your dish when you go up there and you present. And it was Scott Conant was my judge. And I was like this. I tell them what I made, and I said, and I have a, a beautiful lentils with some caramelized onions and prunes. The lentils are a little al dente, and I'm like, stand it up for myself, but I know. And he takes the bite, and he says, they're not al dente. They're raw. Oh. And if they weren't raw, you probably could have won this round. <sighs> and I was like, ah, but I, I got kicked off for that. Oh, man. I'm so sorry wow. to hear that. There's always next pretty time. pretty bummed that. But the good thing was I literally, Scott Conan, I said, I'm not going to lose again. And the next show was 24-Hour Restaurant Battle, and he was the host of it. And I went on and I won $10,000. There you That's go. There I you love go, it. Right? Yeah. The comeback. Our Come number back. again is 888-720-9677. You're listening to Seasoned. I'm Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Blum. We'll be right back. Welcome back to season. I'm Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Plum. And today we're, we're live and we're spending the hour with Michelle Regassas, an experienced private and executive chef and a frequent judge on Beat Bobby Flay. Michelle is also the founder of Chefs for Disaster Relief. We've been talking to her for the broadcast about her, her experience on Food Network, and we're also taking some calls. So are you guys ready for a few calls? Michelle, are you ready? Yeah. And for those of you at home dying to talk to us, because I know you are, our number is 888-720-9677. Again, 888-720-9677. Our first caller is Frank from Bridgehampton, and he he wants to say hello to someone. Hi, Frank. (laughs) What's going on, guys? How we doing? Chef Frankie. There he is. There he is. There he is. Frankie, what's going on, man? How has summertime food been for you this summer? And we lost it. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, that was me. Sorry, Frank. That was me with a little technical snafu. It uh, happens. It happens. Frank's a great guy. He's another private like chef that we work with. Frankie, how are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing great. How you doing? We're doing great. We're hanging out with Chef Michelle, and we're talking about some summertime veggies and things you like to make. What's one of your favorite summertime veggies you like to use that you find in all the great farms out here? I mean, you cannot go wrong with the tomatoes right now. Mm. You can't. Absolutely. You can't nice, nice Italian tomato salad, uh, nice <laughs> and simple. So you, you know, you get to have get to have the the flavor and everything of the tomatoes right now. Well, Frank, let me ask you, man. We were about to jump into uh, before we went live. We were talking about BLTs and one of my favorite foods. Obviously, if you look at my Adonis-like figure, um, when you think about a tomato mm. and a BLT, man, how do you like it? 
heavy on the bacon, heavy on the tomatoes. The lettuce is there. I, I like the coupe mayo. Um, I'm like, like a nice sourdough, like a rustic sourdough bread. Yummy. When are you going to make that for nice. us? Yeah. Uh, let me see. What time is it now? <laughs> <laughs> Three twenty-four. I'll probably be there in about no, no, four or five hours. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. Well, Frank, thank you so much for calling. First time, long time, I'm sure. We appreciate the call. There you Bye, go. Frank. Are you ready for oh, another I'm caller, or do you guys want to wax poetic about BLTs? I could talk about both, but I like callers. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. I see a trend here, by the way. Chef has friends. I do not. Our yes. next caller, Jeff from Southampton. How are you, Jeff? Thanks for calling. I'm amazing. Seasoned. How are you doing? I, better for hearing your voice. I understand you have some questions for Michelle. Hi, Jeff. Well, yeah, you know, hey, Michelle. Jeffy. I miss you. Uh, I know. I miss you guys, too. What's going on? Well, I don't know. We're not cooking together, so that kind of stinks. Well, we got to make this happen somehow. Yeah, well, there's no party, so there's really no need to call in the big dogs. <laughs> I know. Well, Jeffy, listen, we're talking a lot about summertime vegetables, man, and I know uh, you, as a, the talented chef that you are, you can find some pretty crazy summertime vegetables uh, working the places that you've worked and what you've done. What's some of the most interesting things that you found uh, in your years of doing this, like these, these vegetables that maybe people don't know about or, or couldn't find at their grocery store? You know, first of all, we got to shout out my number one farm, uh, the Green Thumb, only uh, first organic green uh, or- organic farm here in uh, the Hamptons. Chop a lot. Um, they always surprise me with really cool new vegetables. Uh, this morning I got a, uh, it's called a Habana pepper, mm. and it's a uh, habanero with all the habanero taste but no heat. Oh. Wow. Jeff, did, do you had a question for Michelle about her experience on Chopped. What was that? I just wanted to know, were, were there any epic fails on Chop that she remembers that were, like, memorable, worth talking about? Yes, Chef. Using lentils was my <laughs> epic fail. That was her and, epic fail, and, yeah, and she wants to move past it. <laughs> I want to no, never well, I didn't just mean your it. epic fail. I meant, I meant were there epic oh. fails. Like, since you've been the judge on the show, and, like, what was, like, the most epic fail you've seen, whether it was Bobby or whether it was somebody else? Like somebody just like really, really, you know, dropped out. You know, I haven't seen many epic fails. One, the biggest epic fail that was ever that I remember is some guy used a dried duck egg, that the, the egg yolk, and they didn't do it themselves. So I don't know how old it was, but I felt like I was eating like chalk. Like it was so gritty. I was like, uh, <laughs> I cannot even. Ew. And, you know, you want to be nice to every contestant. You don't want to be like. Right, yeah, of course. Did, what did you do here? Because this is bad. But um, I was just like, you know, That's that really doesn't cut him down. Jeff, well, thank you so much for calling us. Please call again. I love thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. You guys are great. Keep Thanks. Thanks, Jeffy. Thank you. You know, it's funny when you talk about people and, and, and fails and you do these shows. And, you know, I remember when I did Chopped, one of the baskets I had had tofu in it. And I, at the time, couldn't have told you what the hell to make with tofu. So I just... Seasoned up like it was a piece of steak and barbecued it. That's, that's not bad, though. <laughs> yeah, I, won, I won with it, so that's good. <laughs> you guys interested in hearing from someone else? Sure, let's do it. Sure. All right. We have Mia from Danbury on the line. Hi, Mia. Thanks for calling Seasoned. Mia, how are you? Hey, guys. How are you? We're, 
were great. Love that you're from Danbury. You want to yes. give some shout-outs to some of your favorite summertime restaurants here in the Nutmeg State? Um, well, actually, yeah, I wanted to shout-out Artists in the West Hartford. Um, I just had to give them a little shout-out because I feel like they really are putting the effort during this time to just give you just a memorable experience, palette-wise, as well as aesthetics. You know, it's just, it's just amazing. I was just really, really impressed. Have you guys been there? I have not. You know, I've never been there, but I've heard it's fantastic, and it's one of those places that's on my list to definitely check out. Oh, definitely go. It's worth it. I'm going to go. I'm going to take Michelle with me, and we're going to go to Artisan for dinner, and I'm going to say, hey, Mia said we should come here. Would that give us any, like, yes, any, actually, any clout there or no? Well, if you're going to say that, then you have to say my name right, which is Mia with an N, but it's, which is perfectly fine. But now that we're going to do a little clout, maybe that will give me, like, a free creme brulee or something one day or a panna cotta. Hey, <laughs> there you go. Oh, my for sure. A free cr- creme brulee. And my apologies, Nia with an N. Oh. I got the wrong I got the wrong spelling. Listen, I get paid to pronounce people's names correctly, so I take it personally when I when I don't do it. I right. really appreciate it. But <laughs> I feel like I'm like going, wait, wait, don't tell me or something because like all these these chefs right there are on the phone with me who I've been watching for years, like competing. I just want to give you guys all a virtual high five. Yeah, I'm giving you a virtual hug right now, babe. You're awesome. Yes, because I think I'm you when I'm in my kitchen, you know, making my empanadas or whatever. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There you go. There you go. Well, Nia, Nia thank you very much for calling you. in. We appreciate it. Thanks for calling. Call Likewise. again. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Nia. Take care. There she goes. And you, guys, you guys can call us, too, if you want. The number is 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-9677. Uh, Michelle, one of the things I think is pretty cool that not a lot of people might know about you is that you're actually from Connecticut. You're born in Derby, right? Derby, Connecticut. Yeah, that I, I'm born in Derby. My sister lives in Guilford, Connecticut. So Connecticut, you know, has a special place in my heart, nice. along with the rest of New England. Nice. We love that. Yeah. We, I love uh, it. We're talking all things summer food related and the occasional lentil, which is all seasons, right? You can have lentils. We're all lentils. Lentils are fine any season. Uh, but we have someone else that I, I want to bring into the conversation here. Daniel from Bridgeport. Thanks for calling Seasoned. How are you? Hello, hello. How are you guys today? We're great. This is Hi, Dan. The fantastic Chef Dan from the Pantry in Fairfield. <laughs> yeah, one of, one of my favorite human beings in the state. <laughs> I love it. So, and one of my favorite human beings on the planet. Why are you always try to one up me when we talk to people? Why does this always happen? So, Dan- oh my God, I love Dan. <laughs> all right, all right. Sorry, Dan. I fight. Dan. I couldn't pick you out of a lineup of one, but I'm so happy that you called us. So, tell us, you want advice about what type of fuel to use for barbecue? What are you well, trying yeah. to cook? Well, anything. Well, what's the preference? Wood, charcoal, propane. I always, you know, mm-hmm. chefs always have a very, are usually very distinct in what they like to use. So I was just curious of what Michelle and, and, and chef, chef Michelle and Chef Plummer, what their favorites were. Michelle My choice is always going to be wood. I want to, I want to go wood first and foremost. If I'm going to cook over a fire, I want to cook over wood. I think that yeah. any kinds of different things you can find as far as, you know, different types of wood, whether you're using maple, whether you're using, you know, um, um, cherry or, or walnut. I mean, we have so many different types of wood here in our state. You know, I mean, literally, it, it's kind of a no-brainer to do it. You know, you can get so much extra flavor in there, Michelle. What do you think? Yeah, I'm totally down with you. I mean, wood is, wood is the number one. Then I would go second, obviously, charcoal, and third, propane. Hmm. I don't really think any flavor of propane, but wood all the way. 
I'm, I'm curious. Saul, what about I'm, you? What do you want? What do you want I, use? I only have a propane. Sorry, I'm a mere mortal. Um, but I've but I've threatened to get a barbecue, you know, a grill where I can use wood chips. But I'm I'm curious since you're all in this culinary world, and I am, you know, sort of on the sidelines. What is the easiest thing to cook in on barbecue? You know, because a lot of people, you know, there are a lot of people who say I'm a grill master. And they can't, right. they, you know, they overcook a steak. But what is like for, for folks at home who are listening to us and they're like, you know what? I want to make this great thing on the barbecue. What is like you can't screw it up? Yeah, Michelle, what do you think? What do you think is the easiest uh, thing to do? A, that's, that's actually a really good question and a hard question because I think you can almost screw up anything. Mm. <laughs> um, I think vegetables are the easiest thing to cook, honestly. And the reason I think they're easiest to cook is because they're hard to screw up. Uh, more than uh, if you overcook a steak or lamb chops or and people everybody wants different temperatures so if you're going to grill marinate and grill some veggies I, I feel like you can't go really wrong there like peppers and mushrooms and onions you can always get a really nice grill flavor and put them to the side and even use them later or throw them in a salad and so veggies are my number one Plum, what yeah, about I you? think that that was my first thought too. Was vegetables? To be honest with you, I mean, you can they can be very, very forgiving when you put them on the grill because if you marinate them, um, you know, people have all kinds of crazy marinades they're talking about doing. They're going to use salad dressings and all. If you just get some good olive oil, salt, pepper, and fresh garlic, and I mean fresh garlic, not the stuff you buy in a, in a jar chopped up, fresh garlic. Absolutely not. And put that on your vegetables and toss them up. You'd be surprised. It's really hard to mess that up. And they can be delicious. And you can make a whole dinner out of it. We're trying to do meatless Mondays at my house. So I'm a big fan of that. Nice. Dan from Bridgeport, did you did you get the answer yeah. you were hoping for? No, yeah, yeah. No, and I, I agree with them on the, uh, on the vegetables. I think vegetables are, are ideal because you could do so many things with them even after you grow. You can even grow kale. And it's wonderful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Grilled kale works yeah, out good. Grilled kale, have nice grilled salads. So I, I think there's a lot to be done with vegetables on the grill. It's pretty hard to mess up a hot dog on the grill, too. <laughs> Dan, well, that is true. That is true. Dan, thank you so much for calling us. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thanks, Dan. Chef Dan, there he goes. I have another there question for you, too. So we're talking about grilling vegetables. Do yeah. you apply the fat before you put it over fire or afterwards? So do you olive oil it, then put it over fire? Or do you fire it and then put olive oil on it? Or whatever your oil is that you're going to use? Yeah, I, I marinate my vegetables, so any fat is on there first. So, yes, it does uh, raise the fire a little bit. But if you move them around and once that kind of drips off, um, you're good to go. And it gives it a nice little char, which I always like to look for on my vegetables. So, fat first. And if you're in front of people, you look cool doing it because there's fire coming up while you're cooking. And you're like, I'm cooking over really? fire. No. Listen, what I do actually is I will, I will put my marinade like Michelle does on my vegetables ahead of time uh, in, in use like a big stainless steel bowl or some sort of mm -hmm. large bowl. I'll have my vegetables chopped up in there with the marinade on them. And then once I take them out of that bowl and put them on the grill, and it's okay. I mean, I don't go overkill with the olive oil. So it's not, you know soaking and dripping with, right. with, with you know, yeah. the, the, the fat all over it. But what I will do is I'll keep that bowl. So when I pull them off the grill, I'll put them back into that bowl that has what's left of that marinade to toss, to retoss them one more time before, you know, I serve them. So they kind of get one more little toss in that flavor. I love that. And I am instantly. Yeah, they kind of get up too. You instantly. Know, now, yeah. I'm instantly starving. Uh, Plum, before we go to break. Sure. Someone wants to say hello. Uh-oh. Peter from Roxbury, you are live on Seasoned. Welcome. 
Good afternoon, everybody. And ah, oh, hey, Peter, what's going on, man? How are you? I am absolutely thrilled to be listening to this on the radio this afternoon. I'm so proud of Chef Plum. This is long time coming. He's been working hard to get to get his handsome handsome voice out there, and and uh, I'm <laughs> proud of you. I'm proud of you. He's my brother-in-law. Full disclosure for all of you. I have no idea who this person is. I love it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Come on, Pete. You know I love you, buddy. I'm glad you're listening to the show. He has come a long way. I remember once years ago, he made something, and there was so much Obey seasoning on it. Oh, my gosh. What? Oh, my God. You get thrown under the bus. Hang up on this guy. Prank caller. Prank caller. No, Peter, tell us tell us what else you can you can uh, divulge of this overseasoned no, protein. Now he's making he's making beautiful I mean the the presentation and the flavors and everything he's it's a it's a gay man. So I'm excited Thank for you, the buddy. show. Excited for, for uh for and I love what you guys are talking about, the grilled vegetables because if if you're not using grilled vegetables right now oh. coming from every place, then you don't know what you you know, you don't know what you're missing. So absolutely, I hear you. and I know my vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> well, Peter, thanks so much for calling and telling us about that first experience with Chef Plum. And yes, I would agree; he has come a long way, and we're very thankful for it. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Excellent. We'll talk Love to you soon. Love the show. Best of luck in the future. Okay, thanks, buddy. thanks. Take care. I've never used Old Bay in my life. What is he talking about? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. listen, I don't know what to tell you, but it sounds like a good time to take a break. Remember, you're listening to Seasoned Live. Call us up. Our number is 888-720-9677. Welcome back to Seasoned. I'm Marisol Castro. And I'm Chef Plum. And you know, we've been hanging out here with uh, Michelle Regustus. You know, uh, she's a very experienced private chef and executive chef. She's a judge on Beat Bobby Flay. She actually beat Bobby Flay. Yeah. And we've been talking about vegetables and so much fun stuff. Monty saw. I got thrown for a loop having my family call in. That's so weird. I know, I know. And just a reminder for <laughs> our listeners. <laughs> a reminder for our listeners. This is a call-in show. So if you feel compelled to ask us a question about summer vegetables or summer food in general, our number is 888-720-9677. Seasoned. The live edition. I love it. So, Michelle, I, I want to go back to you. First and foremost, are you still under your desk? I'm not now. I kind of came up, although it keeps, like, clearing, and then all of a sudden it gets really dark again. So okay. I'm keeping an eye on it, but now I am out from underneath the desk. Okay. So for <laughs> those of you who didn't hear the top of the show, the, the storm was going through her neck of the woods, and she took cover, but it sounds like she's doing well. Michelle, you're the founder of Chefs for Disaster Relief. What is that? Why did you create it? So... I created it because when uh, the fires in Australia were happening, Marisol, if I watched one more koala die, I, I just mm. found myself like crying in bed at oh. night and I couldn't, I, I don't know what to do. It was hard. And so it was really hard. And it was just, you know, the rainforest, everything was burning. And obviously this trend is, it keeps going. And so I wanted to just start something where chefs, it began with where chefs could help somehow. Mm -hmm. So I, I just called up a lot of my chef friends and I was like, I'm kind of on an idea. I'm not really sure what it is, but will you help? And everybody said, yes. So I didn't really know what I was doing and I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but we got this page out and we started giving giveaways and every week it was me and my niece would put up just a link and it, it became a page for just awareness is what it's kind of 
popped into. So we didn't want it to just be about the Amazon. We wanted it to be for natural disasters mm -hmm. and human disasters, whatever's happening, wherever we can help or wherever we can just raise an eyebrow for awareness. If someone didn't know, here's a link, here's where you can donate. And oh, by the way, this is happening right now. Right. Right. And so, and you know, it's really hard to even keep a page like that going or to, it's hard to get chefs tied down to anything. We are always on the run from, you know, this, we are always busy. We don't know from one day to the other, what is going to happen and where we're going to be driving to or where we're going to be cooking or if we're going to be doing a TV show. So we were, I was going really big with the idea and then I realized it was so hard that now it is, it, it has just become a page for awareness mm. and that's it. And we'll post on what's happening and where you can help. And, you know, it, it's tough to get it going, but we're still working on it. And I think everybody who has any sort of voice, and even if you don't, you have a voice in your community somewhere along the way that we all have to just pitch in and do some, some kind of good, especially right now. I Absolutely. love this. Yeah. And, right. and yeah, I remember talking to Michelle about this when it all happened at the beginning and uh, when, it, when it first started out in, out in Australia and watching her and getting really upset about watching these animals. And then, uh, I was fortunate to see it uh, uh, in person. We were in Texas, and I watched uh, doing an event together, and I watched her almost steal a kangaroo from Texas once. That was, it was coming home. <laughs> a, a, a near kangaroo abduction. I mean, you know, I was actually ready to do a, a podcast myself, and I see him come running, and he's like, you've got to come now. And I'm either like, there's two things happening. One, there's something I need to see really bad, or <laughs> something bad is happening, and I need to come now. So I look at the guy, I'm doing the podcast, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'll be right back. And I take the headphones off and I run and I almost started just bawling. It was a baby kangaroo in diapers. <laughs> in diapers. Okay. Wait, I'm sorry, did you say it was a Joey in diapers? Yeah, yeah. I mean, was, listen, yeah. it, huh. it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a living thing. It has to go to the bathroom. So I guess a diaper was the best thing. What had happened was this particular event we were at in Texas together, uh, we were judging a cooking competition, Michelle and I were, and then at the event, they also had a gentleman who showed up with animals for people to pet the animals and see them. So it was just kind of part of a, it was a very kid-friendly event. So if it's kid-friendly, generally it's Chef Michelle Regus's friendly as well. I love this. I love this. And you guys, we have, we have another caller. Great. We're speaking yep. to Ed from New Haven. Ed, thanks so much for calling Seasoned. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? We're great. I understand you have a question for our chefs. Tell us what the question is with a specific food yeah. that you have. Yeah, so uh, I go around the forest and look for mushrooms, and I occasionally get a really nice score, which I just came across, which is chicken of the woods. Ooh, and really? uh, I have a lot of it. And the issue I'm having is I'm running out of new ideas to cook with it, and I was wondering if you guys had any recommendations. What's the last way you cooked one? Well, first, before you answer that, can you explain to our listeners what Chicken of the Woods is? Good idea. Uh, chicken of the Woods is a fantastic fungi, and it's delicious. Uh, it's meaty. It has a slight lemony taste to it. It's a mm. nice orange, really pretty mushroom. Um, and it's a polypore, if you guys were interested in that. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's a, it's a great mushroom. So, so before so, so I now talk what about ways to cook it. it, yeah. Before I talk about ways to cook it, what's the last way you cooked it? That way I can not repeat what you've already done. Yeah. So the last way I did it was uh, I just stir fried it with some. Uh, I just stir fried it with some peppers and onions and had it over rice, uh, which was which was great. Um, what yeah. I do usually is I dry fry it for like a, just to get a little bit of a brown on it, and then uh, and then I start adding butter and whatnot to it, and then seasoning. 
But I wish well, you as a as a as a mushroom, it just absorbs that like 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 a sponge. It just soaks in all that flavor. One of a you know those those mushrooms are delicious. Michelle, do you have any ideas for a chicken of the woods? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm hi Ed. I'm a big mushroom fan. Um, I actually love taking mushrooms in instead of meat. Speaking of a meatless Monday, mm-hmm. using them in like a bolognese, and um, I'm a big fan of pasta. So anything I could do with pasta. Even a cream sauce with mushrooms or uh, tomato sauce with mushrooms, and um, just changing it out for the meat is what is my call on that. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love my uh, I do a black trumpet uh, cream sauce over pasta, and that's phenomenal. I love I love lobster mushrooms and chanterelles. They're my top favorite, but lobster mushrooms are my top favorite mushroom. Wow, yeah, I just had those recently. They were good. Yeah, those are fantastic, yeah. and trumpets are great too. I would take this particular mushroom, and like you said before. I would do a nice hard sear on it. So I get my pan hot to where it has wisps of smoke coming off the top Ooh. of it, right? So it's super hot pan yeah, with yeah. a little bit of olive oil in there. I'm going to throw a pinch of salt in that pan while it's getting hot yeah. like that. I'm going to put that mushroom in super dry. Make sure it's absolutely, absolutely dry, as I'm sure you will know. I'm going to drop that mushroom in there. I'm going to sear it really hard on both sides. Uh, then I'm going to add some garlic to it. I'm going to add some shallots to it. I'm going to saute that all together. Take that out of the pan. And then I'm yep. going to take uh, some almonds. I'm a big fan of using almonds right now. Mm-hmm. Almonds, rosemary, garlic, Parmesan cheese. I'm going to blend it and make an almond rosemary pesto. And I'm going to put that right on top of that mushroom with those shallots and with that garlic. You t- I I'm kind of want that for lunch right now. Can we come to your house and get some of these mushrooms? Oh, my gosh. Yes, please. <laughs> well, I have like 10 pounds. So. Yeah, well, I'm on the way. Ed, we'll roll well, right there. Ed, you should take those to any restaurant and sell them. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I I I, I couldn't. I'm, I'm too. I'm a little too greedy at the moment because I haven't been. It's been so dry. Like it's been. It's been hard to get them. My man. Well, Ed, because of how dry it's been. But. Thanks so much for calling, Ed. Thanks, we appreciate Ed. We'll it. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the advice. I appreciate it. Ed. Awesome. awesome. Next, we have Mary Jane. Hello, Mary Jane. How are you? Thanks for calling. Seasoned. Oh, hello. My question was: If you're making a bean soup, um, if you soak the beans overnight. That's a recommendation. What if you don't have time to make it? Would it be okay to cook it for uh, to uh, soak them for two days instead of one? Hmm. Yeah, they would just yeah. be getting huh. in more water. Absolutely, Michelle. Do you want to go with this one? Or you want me to take it? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you soak them, if you're going to soak them for two days, you can actually just after you're done soaking them for a day and they're soft, you could take them out of the water and put them in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Hmm. In other words, you don't have to keep soaking them, but you can. They're just going to get bigger and bigger and expand the water. So, And okay. Mary Jane, yeah. I want to say and thank you right off the bat for being a person who does soak their beans ahead of time. Uh, I think that yeah. is a, a forgotten art these days. You find many restaurants don't even seem to remember to do that. Soaking them ahead of time is so the way to go. Um, uh, yeah, but no, if you can't, uh, you, you can actually cook them. You can boil them for a little bit longer. You're going to lose a little bit of flavor, but you can cook them in boiling water before you need them as well. Okay, and I want to recommend U.S. Senate Navy Bean Soup from the Joy of Cooking. It's it's bound with mashed potatoes. Can you imagine how good Ooh. that is when you finish? Yummy. Yeah, that's, a, real, that. wow, that's, that's a good meal. Good. Okay. Wow. You just made me hungry. Thank you, Mary I'm gonna, Jane. I'm going to go eat with Mary Jane. I'm going to go eat with her. She's making that kind of soup. I'm in. I love it. Soup is so, – I love soup. It's one of those, like – I think an underrated thing, but it's so easy to do and just, I like to fill my children's bellies with it because then Absolutely. the main meal I can skimp on if I have to. 
You know, when I was hiring yeah. cooks for a hotel back in the day, when I would have them come to a demo to cook for me, I would have them go in the walk-in, pick things to make a soup. Because you can tell how good of a cook someone is. And Michelle, you, we've talked about this, by if they yeah. can make a soup from scratch really? out of nowhere. So what's a surefire sign that they're, they're heading down Doomsday Road? The second they say, I made a cold strawberry soup, chef. It's delicious. <laughs> you that say, <happened>. bye. <laughs> bye. Or, uh, you know, I've always done this for him. I had a guy once come into to work, and my boss was like, this guy needs a job. And I know him, so just hire him. And I was like, no, I'm not going to just hire him. We're in the middle of, like, season. I live at the end of the Cape. So I was like, come with me. And the guy walks down, and I was like, show me how to dice an onion. And he tore that onion up, and I looked at him, and I went, I'm so sorry, but I cannot hire you. I don't have the time. If you can't dice an onion, there's like a kitchen dance. You need to be able to dice, have nice knife skills, and, like, you better be able to cook an egg. That's another thing we always do. Mm -hmm. Preach. Absolutely. Michelle, question for you. Do you ever get sick of food? No. Never. (laughs) What do you... you, Never. Never what do you food. eat when you're not working? Like, what are you what are you going to make for dinner tonight, for example? Uh, um, so I'm probably going to roast some chicken wings, marinate. I'm on a weird chicken wing kick. Oh. Um, I'm going to roast some chicken wings, and I have also a garden, so I'm probably going to pick some kale and some cucumbers and tomatoes and make a salad. So I've I've, tr- I've been trying to be healthy. Uh, Marisol, I cook for myself every day. I don't ever stop cooking for myself, and I never order food. I like to hear this. I really do. I just, I'm, I'm yeah. always curious what chefs, you know, because I've seen some chefs who are like, I'm going to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right now because I'm just tired of it. Which, by the way, I kind of like a PB&J, but it's, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you, you cook for yourself and that you still enjoy it because, I, you know, I see the two of you and I know I can only imagine how difficult it is to show up and do your job every single day for any any field, but specifically with cooking, because I see you guys pour your hearts and souls into a dish over, you know, piping hot pans and pots and cuts and this and the other. So what do you do to keep yourself sane um, and keep up your stamina? <laughs> so I um, spend a lot of time with my dog, who is love of my Max. life. And he brings me just so much joy in my life that if I ever feel depleted or when I'm away from him, I just can't wait to get back to him. And when I'm cooking for myself, and you guys were just talking about the BLT salad, right? And so I like to, oh, I'm always thinking about food. It's just who I was born on Thanksgiving Day. I mean, I, it's my favorite holiday. I think that, you know, I, I was meant to be a chef. And it. so I was thinking about the salad. I'm like, I'm going to have a salad for lunch. That's kind of boring. And I saw a picture of a BLT and I was like, oh my God, I want a BLT so bad. <laughs> But I don't want to eat the bread right now because, you know, COVID pounds and trying to be healthy. Okay. And I thought, what is it that makes a BLT so good? Yes, the bacon, of course. Mm-hmm. But it's always, to me, it's the juice of the, the summer ripe tomato and the mayonnaise. When mm-hmm. they meet, it's got this really unique BLT flavor. I mean, if you actually had a tomato sandwich with mayonnaise, you almost will taste that. So I thought... I'm going to make a salad. I got this beautiful kale. I got some romaine. I mixed this salad. I, I cooked two pieces of bacon, and I thought, all right, how am I going to make the dressing? So I squeezed some tomatoes, a bunch of all this tomato juice and water, put Good a idea. little bit of mayonnaise, tiny bit of mayonnaise, olive oil and vinegar, and I made the dressing, and it tasted like I was eating a BLT. Oh, my gosh. That was my new fantastic favorite. Fantastic idea. That is a really – I like that a I lot. Am. And you know, my, I think the salt is really important in that, too, you know? But, yeah, Absolutely. We could get a little crazy here and add just a little drop of the grease of the toma- of the bacon grease to that 
uh, vinaigrette and it makes it, it's like you're eating a BLT. You we, don't need the bread. We have another caller, but before we get to that caller, you know, I want to ask each of you, how do you do your bacon? Pan, oven, microwave, something else? Word microwave means I've never heard of that word. Um, <laughs> I actually do mine in a pan now. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty adamant about that. I like it. What about I, you, Michelle? Oven girl. I'm oven. Interesting. What do you what do you hey. put the temperature on in the oven, if I may ask? And do you coat the baking sheet? Uh, foil on the uh, pan, so and the oven's at four fifty on convection. I say that again. Foil yeah. on the pan, four fifty. Foil on the pan, four fifty convection. That's what if I you do don't? It. I don't have a convection oven. You see, all these questions I'm asking are really just for me. I don't have a convection oven, so can <laughs> so I just do four fifty regular? I always go four twenty five, but Plum, you're risky. You're risky, man. No, I'm good. Michelle, before we get you out of here, I got to ask you, too. I know you have a really great project you're working on, but what's coming up next for you? What's next on the agenda? So, you know, I'm just going to keep on cooking, try to stay safe. And I have been working on a project with Mary Stuart Masterson, the actress. Um, and oh, hang on. You dropped the name right there. Let me pick that up for you. Mary Stuart Masterson. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to drop it. So, she, you know, she's my buddy. And... um so we are working on a project together, and so we got some people looking at it. Fingers crossed, and hopefully it gets picked up because it is a show that I think can definitely do some good in the world through food and, and change some lives, and I think we need that more than ever right now. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that's one of the most important things. And you listen, food nowadays, you know, hey, it can bring a lot of happiness because we're all, you know, still trying to take care of each other, take care of ourselves, and, you know, stay home as much as we can. So let's cook more and listen to this show. That's what we should do. I like it. It sounds, it sounds like idea. an excellent idea. And actually, funny you should ask that, Plum. We have one caller left. Tammy from Norwich. How are you? Thanks for calling Seasoned. Hi, how are you? Hey, Chef, how are you? Tammy! Tammy. <laughs> Hi, Chef. <laughs> uh, Tammy runs she basically runs Mohegan Sun she is the heart and soul of Mohegan Sun uh, one of our favorite oh, festivals um, every year and, and Tammy is is an icon over there <laughs> yeah so my question is for Michelle Michelle where, where's your next demo going to be at my next demo is going to be at Mohegan Sun <laughs> with my girl Tammy and I don't know what I'm going to cook it. Oh, and I do know what I'm going to make this year's stuffed zucchini blossoms. Oh, my God, my favorite. Are we going to fry them? You know it, baby. Of course. I love That's it. That's delicious. Love it. That's delicious. I love you. I miss you. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for always being my best supporter. Uh, I look forward uh, to that every year, and I pray that COVID has nothing to do with it and that we'll make the sun shine again. And we'll all be at the sun together. Excellent. Tammy, thank you so much for calling. You're an icon, Tammy. Thank you. I love you, babe. I love you. Well, that was fun. That was it. Yeah. Michelle, thank you yeah. so much. Season is produced by Robin Doyanakin, Katie Talarski. Thanks to Jean Armantruda and Carmen Baskoff, who helped out with today's show. And thanks to you for listening. Mm-hmm.